Okay, so to start us off, please could you introduce yourself and tell us about the work that you're presenting here at AAM 2017? Sure. So my name is Michael Alasco. I'm uh, currently a fellow at the Boston University Alzheimer's Disease and CTE Center, um, where I work on kind of multiple projects looking at um, CTE uh, or chronic traumatic encephalopathy, um, both in living subjects and also um, subjects who have died. And so the work that I presented here at the conference uh, was actually coming from a larger study uh, who uh, Dr. Robert Stern is the PI of. And that study is looking at potential in vivo biomarkers for chronic traumatic encephalopathy. Um, and it involves uh, former National Football League players and, and same age controls. The National Football League players were selected to be um, at high risk for CTE based on their their positions played, their years played, and uh, being symptomatic. And the controls had uh, no history of head trauma or participation in, in contact sports. And so the specific part of the study I looked at was plasma total tile concentrations as a potential way to detect the long-term consequences associated with re repeated hits to the head. What we know about CTE right now is a neurodegenerative disease, a tauopathy in particular, associated with uh, repetitive head impacts like the ones you see in, in American football. Um, so plasma total tau has actually been looked at in Alzheimer's disease and other neurodegenerative diseases where we see increased concentrations. Um, so we wanted to see if there was a similar application for it in, in the context of CTE. And so we compared uh, differences in plasma total tau concentrations between the NFL players and controls. And then we looked at its association with repetitive head impact exposure, as well as with measures of clinical function. Uh, and what we found was a strong correlation between uh, repetitive head impacts and plasma to total tau concentrations later in life, such that the more they hit their head, um, the higher the levels of tau concentrations there were. However, we didn't find, we, we didn't find between group differences between the NFL players and controls. Um, but there were a subset of, of the former NFL players that had really high levels of t total tau. Specifically, there was 12 of them. And those 12 individuals also had the highest amount of hits to the head. So what we're thinking is that we have no idea who has CT in this, in this sample because we can't diagnose it during life yet. So we don't know what the pathology is, if it's there, or how much. So perhaps it was below threshold to, to um, reach differences between the groups, but there's a subset that, you know, is, is meaningful and we think. So this is kind of one piece of the puzzle of figuring out a way to diagnose CTE during life. Total tau is not very specific. It needs to be looked at in combination with other uh, blood proteins, um, but it is very non-invasive. Non -invasive. It's, it's, it's inexpensive and practical, and so you know, down the road we're going to be looking at it as another way to help uh, detect CTE uh, perhaps during life. And so that was kind of the broad conclusions is that it was plasma total tau could be one way for us to look at and detect CTE in life at the study. Do you think that's something we might have achieved in the next five to ten years, having a, a blood-based biomarker for CTE? So I think in the next five to seven years we'll have a better idea of how to diagnose CTE in general. Um, there's current work at our center being led by uh, Dr. Stern, who's following a large cohort across multiple different sites throughout the country, and it's a longitudinal study, and he's kind of looking at a bunch of different MRI, neuroimaging-based methods, as well as fluid-based biomarkers, and I think results from that study in the next five to seven years will allow us to better identify, you know, who might have CTE during life or not.
Um, and hopefully it would be great if one of those methods was looking at the blood just because of how it, um, practical it is. Definitely. And there's obviously been quite a lot of buzz around CT and sports concussions in the media over the last year, two years. Um, what stuff have you seen at the conference or are you aware of that um, you think is particularly interesting in this field? Are there any particular developments that you've seen that um, you're excited about besides your own work? Sure. So I think the I think there's a couple of things, recent things that came out. One was um, the recent paper in Acta Neuropathologica talk finding CT in former soccer players. Um, so right now, uh, most of the work we've been doing has been in, in National Football League and fo- National Football League and other other levels of football play. And so to see it extending beyond football and into soccer is is very concerning. But another kind of line of research to pursue. Um, other kind of things that I think are exciting are these different radio tracers uh, associated with PET imaging, um, specifically tau, potential tau radio tracers that will hopefully be, be key in helping us distinguishing and diagnosing CT in life, although the kind of downfall of PET is it being invasive and expensive. Um, but I think those are kind of two of, of, of the, the more exciting parts of the field is these novel technologies that can allow us to detect not just CTE but really any neurodegenerative disease that are being developed and that a lot of the things going on in this conference are showcasing. Brilliant. Uh, so this really some promising stuff. So thanks for speaking today. Oh, no Thank you for listening to this podcast from NeuroCentral. You can find more podcasts plus the latest news, free journal articles, interviews and opinion pieces from across neurology and neuroscience at www.neuro-central.com.